0: Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor John Lindell, lead pastor at James River Church. It's our prayer
1: that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. You know, I love Christmas. And I love love watching people, who doesn't? You love watching people open gifts. And especially when it's a gift you know they need and it's a gift you know will benefit them. You know, one of the things that I've loved about James River in recent years, we've done what we call the season of giving, and because of the generosity of people, we're able to serve tens of thousands of pounds of food, meals that are given out at Thanksgiving. We're able to give Christmas gifts to several schools, and all of the kids get Christmas gifts who maybe wouldn't get a gift otherwise. And then on top of that, because of your generosity, we're able to help people and a part of the James River Christmas at every single campus, we're doing things for individuals and helping them. And it continues right up to Christmas as we're ministering to uh, really tens of thousands of people across Southwest Missouri. And so would you like to help me give a gift this morning? It's so fun. I'm going to ask Christopher and Tori Cox to come. They're part of our preschool academy. Let's give it up for the Cox family. We're so glad to have you guys and your kids in the Preschool Academy and uh, as a part of James River. And so we just want to be able to bless you. We want you to, first of all, know that it's not just us, it's the Lord who sees you, the Lord who wants to bless you. The Lord is kind continually, and he delights to bless people. And so uh, because of his desire to bless you and the generosity of people at James River want to do two things for you. First of all, we know that you've had, you know, a lot of medical things with your kids, and it's been a challenge. And so, our heart goes out to you. We want to make sure you have a good Christmas. So, we want to give you some cash for Christmas presents. Want to give you this card with a thousand dollars in it, so that you can buy your kids Christmas presents and have fun. We also know that your your vehicle is not good. And so we want to give you a 2019 Dodge Grand Caravan. Here it is covering it all. <laughs> Merry Christmas from James River Church. God bless you guys. Bless your heart. And here's the keys. So there you go. <laughs> Let's give him a big round of applause. isn 't that great? I just love doing it, and you hear the stories, the difference it makes, even as the gifts are being given out. you realize last night there was a girl that got one of the bikes. the family had not been in church first time at church had come, and she gets the bike it 's so awesome to way to to watch the way God is working you know I believe you know Christmas is wonderful, and we give gifts because we're remembering that God, the greatest gift giver of all time and eternity, gave us a gift. He gave us the greatest gift of all. He gave us His Son, Jesus, who came on that first Christmas. And I don't know where you're at today, and I don't know what you understand about Christmas. Maybe you understand a lot, and that's wonderful. Maybe you've never really thought deeply about it. Maybe you've wondered, you know, what's the big deal about Jesus at Christmas, and how does that all work together? And you might have some questions. And if that's where you're at, you're not alone. Do you realize on the first Christmas, there were a lot of questions being asked by those people at that first Christmas, not the least of which was Joseph. Joseph is engaged to a girl, and all of a sudden he finds out she's pregnant, and it's not his baby. You can imagine he's got questions. And so God, in his mercy, sends an angel to Joseph to answer some questions about this whole situation. Maybe some of the questions he's answering for Joseph are questions that you might have. He answers three questions in particular. The first one is, who is Jesus? Who is he? Matthew chapter 1 and verse 20, we read that story. We'll have it on the screen for you. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Who is Jesus is the most important question any human being will answer in all of their life, both in time and in eternity. Because until you know who Jesus is, nothing else in the Bible will really make sense. The angel comes and he says, listen, this baby is not just any baby. This baby has a unique birth. This baby is the Son of God because he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And so he's God. Who is Jesus? He's God. God very God. The angel said, the angel Gabriel said something similar to Mary if she was trying to figure everything out. In Luke chapter one and verse 35, the angel said, "The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and will be called. Watch this, the Son of God." God gave a gift. He sent Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God, but let's not just confine him to a manger because he's so much more than a baby in a manger. The Apostle Paul tells us this. One of my favorite passages on Jesus in the whole New Testament is found in Colossians chapter 1. Listen to this. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. You want to know what God looks like? Look at Jesus. He's the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created. He's not locked in time or limited by time or a product of time. He was before time began. And then he goes on and says this. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see. Jesus made everything you and I can see. He made the things we can't see. And then he begins to list out some of those things. Kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world. All of these are spiritual entities that, though we can't see with our eyes, are very real nonetheless. There's the natural world and there's the supernatural world. There's the physical world and there's the spiritual world. And let me just assure you, the spiritual realities are the greater realities because the things we see will pass away. The things we cannot see will last forever. So we have to realize that there is a visible world. There is an invisible world. But whether it's visible or whether it's invisible, listen to this, everything was created through him and for him. It's all his Because he's God. Who is Jesus? He is God. The second question the angel answers is, why did Jesus come? Once you know who he is, it helps them to begin to understand why he came. Look at it in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21. She'll have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. That that word Jesus, that name Jesus means the Lord saves Why would he be called Jesus? For he will save his people from their sins. I know there's some people and you're like, why does the church always gotta talk about sin? Here's the reason why. Because every problem in the world and every problem in your life is the result of sin. So sin is a big deal. It causes every problem. If you look at what's broken in your life, it's either the result of your sin or somebody else's sin. It's sin that destroys relationships. It's sin that ruins marriages. It's sin that causes people to make terrible decisions. It's sin that causes people to to become addicted to things that control and ruin and destroy their life. It's sin that confuses people. It's sin that causes people to live a life that's so much less than God would have desired. It's all a result of sin. And it's sin that keeps people from knowing God intimately and walking with him. It's all sin, it's what it comes down to. So God took care of the one thing that ruins everything and that's sin. And until any one of us bring our sin to God, Our sin will either overtly or covertly dominate our life. It doesn't matter how good a person you are, you cannot save yourself. And it doesn't matter how bad a person you are, Jesus can save you. And so God sent the one thing we desperately needed more than anything, and that was somebody who could save us from our sin and that's what Jesus did that's what his name means the Lord saves the Lord saved us through him that leads us to the third question and it's this how can Jesus change your life you know we talk about it because we see it I mean, we could talk about the healings, and they're extraordinary, but I'll tell you even more extraordinary than any miracle of healing is the miracle of salvation that Jesus works in a person's life, and we're watching it happen at record numbers. I mean, this year alone, just in this auditorium, uh, probably 2,200 people, maybe 2,300 people have come forward to receive Christ, and I watch the life change. I see what happens. It's absolutely amazing to watch it. So don't tell me it's a figment of my imagination. Don't tell me I'm making it up. I see the people. I know the people. I watch the people. I see what they were like before or hear about it. I see what they're like now. And it's absolutely extraordinary, the power of Jesus to change a person's life. You know, unfortunately, a lot of people have the idea that that God is distant. Maybe that God's disinterested. Maybe that God is disengaged and, and he's just, he just wound it up and let it go and, and we're all on our own. But none of that could be farther from the truth. And none of those things reflect the heart of God, not only toward all of humanity in general, nor toward you or I in particular. God's desire is to be close to people. God's desire is that people would know him and know his power and know his, his work in their life in a way that would bring them, Jesus said, I came that they might have life and have it to the fullest. One translation says life more and better than they ever dreamed. That's, that's God's desire for you. And that's found in relationship with him. The angel says this. He says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel. Why? Which means God with us. God right there. God right now. God watching us. God helping us. God showing himself powerful to us. Listen, I can tell you all day long what a difference he'll make. But maybe the best way for you to see it is to hear somebody who testifies of here's what God did in our life. Somebody invited David and Tiffany Meyer. They gave them one of the invite cards and said, you should come to James River Christmas. They didn't realize all that was happening in David and Tiffany's life, but David and Tiffany came, and they opened their heart to Jesus and they're completely different
0: people because of it. Let's watch. My name is David Meyer, this is my wife Tiffany. We have three kids and we attend West Campus. We met online. Once I saw her, I knew that she was the one and I had to be with her.
2: Everything came so natural. And I was like, oh my gosh, I like <laughs> I really love him.
0: I've been empty most of my life. i never even been to church. I definitely never had a relationship with God. My dad's an alcoholic. On top of my mom and dad both using drugs. They used heroin. He'd beat my mom in front of me and he would take it out on his kids. It kept you to where you would wanna hide all the time. Made me cold and shut off. Shortly after we got married, our marriage went downhill.
2: I had really bad depression. I cried all the time. I wanna say I cried, like, every day. And he did not understand it. He would just completely shut down where he wouldn't even talk to me about anything. He was married before, and I felt like I was constantly compared to his ex-wife. I felt like that was making me a bad wife because of how he was acting. So it started a lot of problems and a lot of, like, security problems that just kind of... I ended up throwing myself into an emotional affair with a coworker because I felt like that was the only person that I could really talk to. It kind of started a downward spiral.
0: I wanted to work some stuff on my computer. She left her browser up, which was on her Facebook, and it kept going off. I was like, what is this? And it was the message between her and him Agreeing on a place to meet, to talk, it just broke me. Felt like a failure and worthless. It was really bad, I didn't know what else to do. We would go days without talking to each other. I would sleep in the bed and she would sleep on the couch. It would be like we were strangers.
2: Just felt like really low, really empty. It just really hit me because like I was in a really abusive marriage before that. So I, did, I didn't want to repeat of anything. So, I felt like he didn't understand it and we just couldn't, we just couldn't talk.
0: The lowest point was when I went to her work and I asked her are we going to work it out or divorce? And then when she looked at me and said divorce, that was the switch. I got in the car and I went home and just screaming and crying and I just shut down. I was like, I don't know what to do. I had my gun, I would leave it on the table, I would just stare at it for hours, and I'd talk myself through it. When she said the words, I want a divorce, it clicked. Like, I can't fix this. I felt like I had tried everything and nothing had worked.
2: We were handed the Christmas invite for the James River Christmas. David and I talked about it that night. We decided that we were gonna try it.
0: So walking in the James River Church, we knew that we were in the right place.
2: I felt like it awoke something in me, and like a new hope that I I never felt before.
0: I had a hole that I couldn't fill, and during that message, I heard about a new way that I might be able to fill that hole, and it was through Jesus Christ. So that's when I raised my hand. Um, I didn't even tell her I was doing it. I just raised my hand. I knew that I needed this. I raised my hand. They said, go ahead and come down. So I went ahead and went. And then taking that first step, I start crying. It's just like somebody was pulling me towards where I needed to be. And then once I took that step, I just felt so light. The inadequacy, the worthlessness, it all just went away. I felt someone on my arm and she had came down with me. (laughs) I'll never forget how I felt that day, how I felt complete.
2: Ever since that day, our marriage has gotten stronger than it's ever been. We ended up getting baptized together, and I'm just so thankful.
0: The worthlessness and emptiness is gone. I am absolutely thankful and forever will be thankful that I gave my heart to Jesus. It has changed everything about all of us in our family.
2: Absolutely. Best
0: decision I ever made and ever will make.
2: Yes, best decision.
1: It was so cool to see David and Tiffany sitting in the five o'clock service last night. Just to talk to them and see the difference in their life. I'm sorry if I get a little emotional, but I I never get tired of watching that. God meeting people, God touching people, God supernaturally changing people. I mean, I've I've been doing this now 40 years, and I've seen, I I think it's safe to say, easily thousands, tens of thousands of people who've come to Christ and their life's different. It's amazing. Let me ask you this. What are you gonna tell a couple whose marriage is on the rocks, it's their second marriage, she's depressed because of an abusive marriage, things she hasn't worked through, And she's engaged in in an emotional affair, doesn't want her marriage. And he's from a background that is so full of hurt and brokenness that he lives with a continual sense of worthlessness and inadequacy. And he's not able to carry on healthy relationships because he's not ever seen it. And she isn't very skilled at it either. And now he is so discouraged, he's got a gun on his table and he's staring at it, trying to talk himself out of taking his life. He's seen what his parents did, they did drugs and it, that made only things worse. What are you gonna tell him that's gonna help him? What could you suggest that would change their life in an instant? I mean, think about it. What would you tell them? How about Jesus Christ is God's gift to you, and if you'll put your faith in him, he's a savior, and he can save you from yourself and from your sin, and he can change your life. You say, oh, John, that's just so simplistic. It is, and yet so powerful. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, anyone, anywhere, at any time, who says, I believe. It introduces them to his life-changing power. And he can do in a minute what we could never do in a lifetime for ourselves. That happened to David and Tiffany. Salvation, you see, is a gift. It's a gift from God. And when we're talking Christmas, the reason why we celebrate Christmas is because, as we said, he is the gift giver and he holds out this gift of salvation. In Luke chapter 2, the angel said, unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He's born to you. And you, and you, and you, to all who would believe. He's a gift that God has given. You know, I was thinking you could have somebody like Christopher and Tori. They, they need this van, and that van is beautiful, and, and they need the financial assistance. They need all of that, and we can offer them the gift. Really, it's God giving them the gift. We can be his hand extended and offer the gift, just like I'm offering you the gift, But this van is never going to make a difference in their life unless they say, thank you, I'll take the gift. If I hand the keys to Christopher and Tori and they say, oh, no, no, you know, we're not sure. We have to go and think about it. We wonder what the angle is. That's too simple. Who does that? Why would you do that? What? I mean, all the things people put up, it's too simple. I don't think it works. I don't know if it will. And so they talk themselves out of receiving the greatest gift known to mankind, and that's the gift of salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. But it comes as you make a decision to receive the gift. It's a beautiful picture in the New Testament. It's in the book of Revelation. Jesus speaking says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. What door is he standing at? It's the door to the human heart. And he says, if anyone will open it, I will come in, I will come in. He's not gonna kick the door down, he's not gonna make you do anything you don't want, but if you just open the door like David and Tiffany did and say, listen, I can't help myself, would you please help me? If you'll do that, he will come in, and when he comes, he brings all that he is and all that he only can do. And he changes your life. Makes you different. You say, but really that different? Listen, the apostle Paul puts it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter five. If anyone is in Christ, anybody comes to Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed away, it's gone. Then he says this, behold, can you believe it? Everything is new, new. A new David, a new Tiffany, I mean, it's obvious. And that's the power of Jesus Christ when you put your faith in him.